we are at the time of the Great Awakening, and one of the things that we maybe don't really think about is that there's a lot of chaos and turbulence in the Great Awakening. There's a lot of change and deconstruction, and the ways that would support the new, very sensitive souls that are coming onto the planet to be living in a well way don't exist yet, and that we're recreating them through the process of refining our own consciousness. And so we're going to have a beautiful conversation today with the hosts of the Beyond the Illusion podcast, Tiana Roser and Tim Howe. Join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome everybody to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence. We sit around the campfire and we share stories of our experience on earth and what it's been like. And boy, do we have some stories to tell being on the planet at this time of the great awakening and all that that entails. And from my perspective, as a mother mentor, medicine woman, boy, it does entail a whole lot of chaos and turbulence and stuff that looks like mental illness, family systems divided, all kinds of craziness with our kids and plant medicines going everywhere. And so everyone's looking for a solution, right? To deal with the experience of going through the awakening collectively. And I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. And you know, I love to have these conversations week after week after week. And, and I really, my, my strongest desire is that anyone listening to this, you get some piece of wisdom, you get something that gets you through to the next day, to the next week, something that you that makes a light bulb go off. Like, wow, okay, I'm finally getting this piece. I can accept this now. I can come at this from a different place. And so today's conversation is really gonna be centering around this great awakening experience that we're all in. How do we care for ourselves? How do we care for our kids when they're, we're in the middle of deconstructing literally everything? There's so much chaos and turbulence. And yet, don't we all want to feel safe and grounded too in the middle of all that and have a safe landing for our kids and future descendants? This is uh, my mama's heart talking. And, you know, I have these beautiful friends who decided, yeah, I'm going to come and have this conversation with you, Mama Bear Carrie. Let's have this conversation and see how we can bring some light to this. So today on the show, we have Tiana Roser, who's been on the show before. And you guys might remember that she is a Reiki and hypnosis and life between lives regression and quantum healing hypnosis technique person. She's uh, the author of the book, Awakening Transformation. A perfect person to be uh, in this conversation as well as uh, your your podcast host. They have a podcast called Beyond the Illusion together. And Tim Howe is also here with us and he's a dad and he's a, he's a father to, you know, his daughter and, you know, is also aware of all of these trends and had his own awakening process he was going through. So you guys might remember the last episode. I will put a link in the show notes below, as well as my interview with them on Beyond the Illusion podcast. So go check that out. But in the meantime, welcome you guys to the show. I know this is a big topic. We just bit, we're taking off a big bite of the elephant today. So I want to honor you both for being in this conversation with me. And I know that you're going to bring such great wisdom. Who, who wants to start? Who's got something about this you want to share? 
Yeah, I can start. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I think that is a, that everything you just spoke about is a lot. It's a lot for everyone to deal with. And, you know, I, I'm reminded of that, especially when I think about other people's experiences in life, that when I'm going through my own struggles and difficulties, I'm a Taurus. So a lot of my angst and challenges come from what I perceive as the real world, the the everyday mundane existence that we have to walk through with our bodies. And I feel the tension and, and the pull of all these things that are happening within that sphere. And that's where I experience my growth. And, and, and I know it's not like that for everyone. Maybe a lot of people experience things in their mind or in their emotions or in different areas of their life. And I'm reminded of that when you speak about things like you just spoke about in the intro there, that not everyone experiences their life the same way. And that my struggles sort of pale in comparison to other people's. And, and that's just the journey that we all chose to take, you know? So I always have to remind myself of that when I'm, when I'm experiencing a day that's, you know, much like to earlier today where it felt like nothing was going right, you know, like everything that could go wrong felt like it did. And, you know, that can be a little discouraging and, and get you down, but in the big picture, it's nothing. It's just a blip. And you won't even remember it the next day most times. So yeah, I, I have to say, you know, and I love talking about these bigger kind of issues because, you know, we need to, we need to address these things that are, that are happening to not just to maybe just individuals, but to all of us collectively. So, so yeah, that's kind of where I, I sit with that, at least right now. And, and I come to this conversation, you know, with an open heart and, and an open mind and, and just hopefully, you know, something comes through that, that someone else can take something away from, you know. That's beautiful. It's Thanks. interesting, you know, like you're saying, like it's an intense time to be on the planet right now. And no matter what age you are, but of course, my perspective is that there's all these like old souls and maybe even souls that are not from Earth, right? From other star systems, maybe very advanced souls that have come in being born in the last 20 or, th- or 30 years. And so you have these like really sensitive souls that have a high consciousness, but they don't have the years of earthly experience to ground that. So there's like this deep wisdom and this like maybe like perceiving and receiving a lot of things that maybe my generation or the generation before didn't even have the sensitivity to be able to sense and feel. Maybe we don't even know how to guide them because it's very new because on the planet right now, everything, you know, the veil is thinning. And so, so we're getting bombarded with these, you know, high frequency spiritual energies and you have these maybe very sensitive souls, but they haven't had the years of earthly experience yet to sort of ground it. And then here we are trying to guide them through something that we've never been through as well. And so it's kind of that kind of chaos where we're all figuring it out as we go along and it's a little messy. Yeah. I mean, Tim, I, I relate to that, what you said, Tiana and Tim as well. It's like, I have a former, like my South node is what I'm comfortable with, right? Like that's what I already know. Virgo, like I can totally get stuff done. Like I am competent. I can get in there. I'm grounded on earth. I can make stuff happen. I know how to like produce a podcast and do like, I've got an octopus. I got an arm on all these things, right? I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I got this thing going on. I got the other thing going on. And I'm like doing all this kind of stuff. 
but I'm not mystic. Like I'm just opening up the mystic part of me, you know, and the mystic part of me is like opening up and I'm getting all these insights, but I don't like see visions. I just know, I just feel, and I just know, but I'm mostly in this grounded space. So when I'm with people that are like, don't have that skill, they go, how do you do all that stuff? Right? Like Tim, all the stuff you take for granted, like it's actually quite skillful, you know, to be able to function on earth, like holding down a job, putting food on the table, being a dad, that's like real stuff, you know, for a lot of these souls coming in, like that is not easy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's why Tiana and I feel like we have a good synergistic experience in our podcast because I do embody that aspect of reality more, I think, than she does. And she embodies the mystical and maybe even the mind part of reality as well. And so, you know, we come together and she tends to bring an angle to the conversation that I don't have usually. So that's what's good about our, I think, what we have going on. But it's also like what she said earlier, Tiana, you talked about how people are coming into the earth who haven't had this earthly experience too. So that I think feel that like that also plays into it because I do feel like I have been here many, many times. And so I think that gives us like a little bit of a leg up too in some areas. So, because we know what to expect here, we know that how heavy the energy can be, we know how to deal with that. But the newer souls, and I now have read this in many books, and especially in Dolores Cannon's books, where she talks about how many of the new souls coming in don't have that much earth experience. So I feel like that that actually is happening. And and I've even noticed it with people that I know, and, and they've told me that, like they've had that feeling like they haven't been here before, like this is maybe their first time or second or whatever not very many times here. And so, and maybe that's not even how it works. Maybe it's like simultaneously, we're having a ton of experiences like, so, so who really knows, but, but I don't want to go, you know, too deep on that. So let's just say these souls are, are not as experienced as other souls. And so, yeah, they can have like really different challenges that we have. They can live in a world that maybe does feel super heavy. And when something comes up that other people seem to deal with just fine, they can't deal with it. And so they maybe hold that against themselves in some way. And, you know, that's not really fair to themselves either. So I think it's our responsibility to find out how people are feeling and, and how they're making their way through the world and and through their challenges. Cause that's the one thing we all have in common is that nobody gets out of the challenge part of it. You know, nobody does. We all have that in common. And even though some people might make it look like they don't have any, they do. So, you know, there, there's always that. You know, doing QHHT and past life regression and life between lives. Yeah, I go with, I go with, I think I travel, you know, with clients a lot into different lifetimes, non-earthly lifetimes. And a lot of the other, I mean, of course, everything possible out there, but people often say that earth is one of the more difficult schools the vibration here is, is is more dense or heavier than a lot of other realms. And, you know, clients will go into a lifetime in these non-earthly realms where there's just harmony and peace and they're playing and creating and they're, they don't have to try to survive. That's like a huge thing about earth. That's not true for, for a lot of the other realms that so much of our energy is spent trying to just for survival, right? Why are we working? Why are these people working these jobs that they don't like just so that they can eat and they can have, you know, shelter and survive. And so these things aren't necessarily present in a lot of the other realities. And so I see people struggling with that and you can even look, you know, like they have, 
I don't know all the names for the generations, right? The the Gen Z and the millennials, and but people have certain kind of ideas like, oh, that generation, they don't work very hard or they don't have a lot of ambition or, well, you know, again, these might be these advanced souls that have come from other places. And, and so that's so foreign to them, this idea of like, why does all this energy have to be spent for survival? Why are we not all in harmony? And another one that I've seen in some of like the when I teach like a class or groups of people, there are some souls that are like, like you're saying, Kara, they're very psychic, they're very spiritual, but then maybe lacking in kind of basic common human skills and, and having healthy boundaries because they're not used to that from where, the, where they've spent these other lifetimes. And so those things, yeah, connecting to spirit or receiving information beyond the five physical senses, that's a snap for them. But then like how to interact with their fellow human, that's a challenge for them. I've seen a lot of that. And then also, I think it's interesting too, with like so much autism now and how, you know, what's the, the spiritual story behind that and the way that they are communicating in a different way. There's like so many interesting, if we were to like kind of look across culture, maybe little symptoms or signs of, of showing that, you know, what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think that we should also look at the difficulty, like what do people do when things are too hard? How do they cope with that? And the expectations on them of their communities, their, their school systems, their churches. Like there's so many expectations. I know I grew up with, I'm pretty sure you guys did. Like, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is how you're supposed to like behave. And then you're supposed to be able to get through all your school and then you're supposed to be able to go to college. And then you're supposed to be able to go and provide your own food and your own shelter. And like, for some people that is really challenging because just being in a work environment with maybe people that don't understand or come to work without processing their emotional content and are walking around with that kind of fog around them or that anger around them. Let's say some of these jobs like that don't take a lot of requirement, like you can go there without a college degree, right? But like you're working at Walmart or something and people that are working there might not be really processing their stuff or they might be shopping there, right? And you're kind of in this environment with a lot of psychic energy that as a bright light is going to be glomming onto you next, right? As like, oh, that's a nice meal over there. Like, so, and I don't think some of these souls are not really able to protect themselves that way either. Like they haven't built up like a nice thick layer of defense on earth. Like you get when you come here you know, a lot, you kind of get like this, literally a thicker skin and you just like, oh, that's just how it is here or whatever. I mean, I think we're changing that now, but what's your sense of things? I mean, I know it's been very dense and heavy. seems like we're moving the planet up a frequency though. So it will be more amenable for these new people coming in. Yeah, my perspective is that's what's happening is that the earth is it's shifting into higher frequency. And then now we're needing to get with the program. <laughs> we're needing <laughs> to our systems and our ways of, you know, like nobody teaches energy hygiene in school, do they? You know, and so you have to like learn this outside because, you know, so the things that actually we really need that are part of or even nobody teaches you know, how to manage your finances in elementary school or in, in not elementary, but maybe in high school, or hardly ever, right? Like basic things, survival things for living on the planet for, you know, or what they call adulting, right? Like I have trouble adulting, like, you know, just kind of like becoming really, yeah. Cause I'm cancer 
South Node, Capricorn North Node, that Capricorn organizing and getting structures and all of that, that's not natural to me, you know? And so, yeah. And I mean, I think that's why a lot of these really high frequency kind of star seeds have come to the planet is because we're coming in in this Aquarian age and we're trying to create totally new systems and totally new ways of being that are aligned in this new frequency. Um, we're just in that really ugly stage of where <laughs> we haven't quite figured out what that's going to look like yet. And the old things are dismantling and the new things aren't coming in. And it's all just kind of like, you know, like deciding you're going to like redo a room in your house and you just take everything down without having had a plan first. And then there's just like this big disorganized mess everywhere. And I feel like that's kind of earth right now. Yeah. And it's a hot mess. I mean, and even the things that I used to do as a kid, so I'll fess up, like as a kid in high school, I smoked pot. I smoked pot in college. I smoked, I smoked a lot of pot, you know, until I had kids and then I smoked a little bit more, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) just to be honest. But the thing is like, did it open me up in the same way as opening up these kids? Not by a long shot. What's going on now is completely different. Like it is intense. It's like Mach 100 on what I was doing. And with a sensitive soul, like now you're saying, Not only is it more powerful than it was when I was a kid, but their defenses are way lower. They don't have the capacity to handle something like that. I don't even know if I would have the capacity to handle something like that. And I've probably been on this planet like since the beginning. So like, you know, (laughs) it's like, that's intense, right? Mm -hmm. How do we help our kids? Like, cause now they're legalizing it everywhere. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Is that really for the best? Is that what's actually happening with the kids? Yeah. I mean, I can speak to that. You said something that was, is really funny because I went to see a comedian last weekend and the opening act talked about how it's not fair that the people now who are just first trying marijuana get to try this really like souped up crazy breed of marijuana that is like more powerful than chemotherapy. It's like, that's what they get to try out and start with. And we, you know, when we were younger, I mean, I remember they just called it like dirt weed and it would barely do anything to you. So you'd have to smoke like this huge amount before you really felt anything. And then, yeah, like you're saying, it does open you up. Those kind of things, there's an inherent intelligence within this planet, within this reality, within everything that you experience. There's an intelligence to it. And it's just so poignant that there are plants that you can ingest that do something to your mind, to your psyche, that allows you to see yourself in a different way than you could ever experience before. You can't in normal conscious thinking, see yourself in the way that you experience yourself when you're on those substances. And that's a fact. You cannot do it unless you do the substance. And so Once you do that, yeah, something inside of you definitely opens up. And I've had that experience and anybody who does it has that experience. You know, it's just what you do with that. Are you going to see reality differently than you did before? Or are you just going to think it's a game and it was just fun and that's it? So it's what you do with it. And so, yeah, in many ways, I think that there are solutions to our problems, probably just within the planet itself, just within our experience on this earth, we can solve everything that we need to. We just haven't opened ourselves up to see it yet. And the first step is, you know, 
changing the way we think, changing the way we speak. Because within our language, it holds many keys to the way that our minds operate. So if your language lacks some aspect that you need, then it's very hard for you to think about that without the language to give it a title, a name, a reality. You know, so our language has to be modified. And that's what I love about talking with other people because it's not just talking. We're we're doing something here. We're trying to expand our sense of of everything, really, of, of the world by talking and experiencing it through language is the one way that we can kind of force our way to a better world. And that's just my belief. But you know, I, I sort of envy people like you, like, you know, Carrie and Tiana, because you get to speak in a different way than I'm allowed to speak. So I, I work a job, I live a regular everyday life. And if I go around saying the things that I really want to say, cause, cause I've read a lot of stuff and I, and I feel like I know a lot of things, but I just can't articulate them in, in every situation because people will look at me like I'm crazy. So I have to walk this tightrope where it's like, Hey, you know, you bring up something like autism. Well, I have a theory about autism. I think it involves spirituality. But if I go around telling people that, they'll say I'm nuts. They'll say, no, it's about science. It's about biology. It's about your body. And I'll say, well, probably not. There's probably a spiritual aspect to it that we just don't understand because we don't have the language to describe it. And we haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> but if I say something like that, or if I say something like, well, you know, I feel like part of our genetics are probably modified from different entities that have been here and prehistorically and that certain DNA channels have been opened that we don't, we don't understand. Then they'll look at me the same way and they'll say, wait, this is new agey bullcrap, you know, and, and you, you can't, you almost can't get away with it. So, you know, people like you, you live in this realm where that's your life. That's, that's what you deal with every day. So you're allowed to talk that way because people aren't going to really judge you the same. I think they kind of expect you to be a little bit more. I don't even, I, I know new age, but is a, isn't a great term, but that's the only one I can think of right now. But, you know, they kind of expect that from you. So if I go around and, and do that, it takes people off guard and I guess I could, but you know what I'm saying? It's just a different, it's a different experience for different people and a different set of expectations, I guess. I think it's important to make it practical for people. I can just say I've witnessed up close and personal people who are highly psychic having a much easier time communicating psychically with other people that can also communicate psychically than trying to bridge to language and words. Like language and words is really a challenge for some people that are super psychic and these higher beings that are coming into the planet like they have a really hard time understanding this concept of language that's spoken. <laughs> like it seems to be a problem, you know? And I, and I just noticed it because it was up close and personal. Like that's a challenge and, and I'm an author. So like words for me are like, I'm easy with words. Like I like words. I, I probably use too many words, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm learning how to be more conscious with my words and maybe use fewer of them more intentionally so my mind is kind of like backing off of the words a little bit, you know, and being a little bit more in the moment and being more intentional with my words. But some people are like, they just don't, it's like the mechanics of how to, we just take for granted, you know, Tim, that's the thing. I think a lot of people on this planet really take for granted language. They take for granted 
the ability to translate a thought or an emotion or an impulse in the brain or from the spirit into their their brains to create a sentence. That is just that some autistic people, they have a really hard time doing that basic thing that we all take for granted, think it's no big deal. Yeah, I want to go back to something you were saying, Carrie, about so these like really psychic people and it might be very easy for them to hear messages from other beings and then like bridging that to the world that Tim lives. If you tell some people that, you know, you're hearing messages in your head from other beings, people are going to think you're mentally ill, right? And there's this, I've always thought it was really interesting. There's some, I don't know, where does maybe some um, psychic sensitivity and, and where does some mental, where's there overlap, you know, like things that we accept now are okay. We're considered um, people were put in institute, you know, even just like a lot of like me and Carrie, maybe we would have been put in an institution. They wanted um, to do that to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, this lifetime, how crazy is that? Right. <laughs> you know, so like we're needing to kind of explore that more. We have all these sensitive uh, kids and they're growing up and then are people going to think that they're mentally ill because they say like, oh, I hear voices talking to me or, you know, it's really interesting time on the planet where I think that that hasn't really been explored enough. And it's probably going to come up more and more. All those that are like, or, oh, I, I see someone standing there behind you and they're like, oh my gosh, you have hallucinations, you know, or there's something wrong with you. That's kind of um, an interesting area that I think is going to become more and more prevalent because more people are awakening to their spiritual abilities. Yeah. And also um, the refined sensitivities. So this was something that I realized also on my journey is that I was unaware for a long time about my impact, right? So I was not aware that not feeling my feelings was creating an impact in the space around me, right? And then I started feeling my feelings and I started opening up and becoming awakened, right? And then I started realizing that, oh my gosh, I was like an elephant in a child closet before. Like I was just stampeding through there, you know, but I didn't know that I had a huge tidal wave. Like every time I moved, it created a tidal wave for some people in my environment. And it's like starting to realize like grounding how important, like, that's why I love Tim's energy. It's like being super, super grounded and really calm is so Mm -hmm. helpful for people who are psychically sensitive. And the animals actually show us this. Animals reveal it to us. Because when you have a super sensitive animal, the animal will kind of be very um, jittery around certain people and in certain environments, they'll get really unsafe or kind of hypervigilant or really showing signs of distress. And that is a sign if you have an animal in your environment like that, that you're actually in distress, but you just don't know it. Like your body is actually in distress And the family system or whatever the environment is, is in distress. And it's actually important to realize that your body is also an animal. And and if it's disconnected or it's not safe or it doesn't feel that harmonic connection with earth, like we're, you know, it's in separation, it's in fear, it's in scarcity, it's in survival, it's going to be really scared, just like the animal you're witnessing. And it's going to be jittery and trying to like find some way to be safe. And I think that's the more refined we get in our sensitivities, kind of unclogging ourselves of the mud, you know, the unconscious mud. And it's like 
starting to really feel and perceive again in our bodies, we can become aware of what our kids, these young kids are actually already aware of coming in. And this is why people like that start putting on layers of mud and protection is because it's very stressful (laughs) to be around all of this really hectic energy on the planet. I think that's such a really good point of something that we could do for the younger generation, because now that you're mentioning it, so like teaching them to be outside and be in the earth to help them get grounded, because now that you're mentioning, I'm thinking of like, because this whole generation has spent all of this time, you know, they're learning on Zoom and and they're spending all their time on video games. And, and even when they're in person in school, there's no more recess. And so they don't have the groundedness that we got from um, nature, from spending out time, you know, and when we were younger, it was okay to go outside and play with the neighborhood kids. And now, oh, it's not safe or whatever. And so they're, they're just like, they're inside and they're on these uh, electronic devices all day. And they don't have that time and that energy. I remember when we had the animal communicator on our podcast, and she was saying like, one one thing for sure to do if, you're, if your animal's not well, is get them outside nature really heals them. Just give them a lot of time. And I think it's true. Animals too. You're using this example of, of like, you know, being the calm leader of your pet and so forth. And it's the same thing. Like, just like animals, we need to be outside. And so maybe just creating more opportunities for our young people to have outside time and, and spending time in nature could really help them. I want to really validate what you said about that, because when my dog, my dog called daddy is He was from my first marriage. Anyway, daddy dog. And he was getting up in age, right? And he was starting to have problems like standing up and his hips were unstable and things like that. But he was spending a lot of time inside. I just kind of tuned in and I was like, I think he needs to be outside. And so I just started putting him outside more, like just let be outside. The weather was nice, you know, he could be outside. And so he, he decided he wanted to like lay on the dirt in this one area of the yard. And he just would always go to that dirt and he would lie down and he'd get himself all dirty, which was like, oh my God, this dog is dirty now. But he loved to be on the dirt. And so he'd roll around in it and then he'd find a comfortable spot. And he started healing his own hips. Like his hips got better. He got stronger. He was digging. He got happier. Like, and that probably added like two years onto his life just by putting him outside. And he eventually did kind of wear out his vessel and, you know, because of all the... (laughs) You know, animals, I realized they're so sensitive and they're such helping spirits that they'll actually take on in their bodies traumas and things that are unhealed in the family system in order to support the humans who are being unconscious and don't know it. And they'll take stuff on for us. And so that's what happened with daddy. Eventually it, he wore him out, but he was so good outside in nature and he really, he, he got rejuvenated and he had two more years of life, you know? So I fully believe that like, it's important to be grounded and connected with mama earth. Yeah. It makes oh. me think of that. Oh yeah. I'm sorry too. No, go ahead. Say, that earthing documentary, the same yeah. time where they had them go out. Anyway, what were you going to say too? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it's totally right. The the animal psychic that came on the podcast was great. She did talk about that. And then we also had in my family, we had another person talk about our cat. He was a psychic, but he came on our podcast to talk about a, a, pa- a, a near-death experience. And so this guy had the most insane near-death experience you've ever heard. And he was so popular on our podcast. He, his episode just, I think honestly, his episode has more listens than all the other ones combined. I mean, and his following is huge now. 
And so anyway, his name is Vinny. He talked about his past life regression. Anyway, we had a psychic session with him. We kind of became friends with him and he gave us a session, my family, all three of us, uh, we, we had a session and somehow the cats, we have two cats. We had two cats at that time. We still do, but it's an, a new one now. But one of the cats, she was sick and he told us, oh no, it's, there's nothing wrong with her. She just takes on all of your energy and she's like processing it for you. And he's like, just, she'll be better by tomorrow. But yeah, she like absorbed all this weird stuff that was happening with you guys. And she like processed it for you. And, you know, I look at that cat all the time and she really does do that. It's so funny. Cause if one of us is upset, she'll be there. She'll be right there. Like maybe not on your lap or something, but she'll be right by you. And it's just so odd how she seems to know who is like going through something because she'll be right there. And I feel like she's helping somehow he's helping us work through it. So animals are super interesting. They have a, they have a really deep connection to everything, to not just the earth, right? Like they're connected. Like they have a, they're, they're on a different level than we are. Like, cause we have the veil, but animals don't have the veil. They, they are able to experience things psychically that we cannot do because it's against the rules for us, right? Like we need to learn our lessons and they're not here for that. They're here for a different reason. So they're connected to all this, you know, they, they know what's going on. And so animals are very interesting. I, I notice now in my life, many, many synchronicities that happen with uh, animals and plants and things like that. And insects, because I think because of that, I think because they are so connected to the source that they, they are here to help us to pass messages, to, to process energy, to do all these kind of things. So yeah. And nature is super, super important. It's really a big part of like, I think what we're here to understand, it's got all the answers for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot more time in nature is really good for our kids and for ourselves, our own sanity. I know I feel better after I sit on my front lawn for a few hours, you know, I, uh, I'll go sit out there. Everyone thinks I'm weird, but I'm like, I don't care. I'm sitting out on mother nature and I'll just sit out there and just sit and then I'll feel better after a little while, you know, it feels like she takes the heaviness and I release it and then I'll feel a little bit better. And it's so important, I think, like to realize that we're all connected, right? Because yeah, if we have a family, let's say somebody in the family is upset, the cat feels it, but the cat's not the only one that feels it. Like we all feel it. We feel that person going through something and and some piece of us is tuning into that and wanting to help, you know, wanting to usually wanting to help and and if we have difficult family situations, it makes it hard on the most sensitive ones within the family to be well. For sure. It's interesting. I, I don't know why this is coming up in my mind, but I'm going to bring it up. So I know you had a like um, an awakening in your life, Carrie, where it was a lot of turmoil, right? Like a lot of like super heavy things happened and it was very dramatic, you know, and I, I feel like that it's, that's the way for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people come into their spiritual path through some kind of chaos, right? Some kind of disturbance, major disturbance in their life. And then that opens them and wakes them up somehow. I'm sure Tiana probably has, you know, a ton of stories where she had clients like come to her like that. And that, that was their experience. And and I think mine was a little different, you know, I, I didn't really have you know anything crumble and fall apart, but I did have a lot of weird things, information, I guess, come into my life where 
it started to make me realize, and it was more like instead of big, super big event that kind of changed things for me, it was more of like a, um, like a chipping away. And it just like, kind of like soaked in and then finally like hit the core. And I was like, okay, I get it. But I I just want to say one of the main things that did that for me was, you know, I had some psychedelic experiences that obviously opened me up, but but the main thing that really did it for me was I found this text and it was called the law of one. And I don't know if anyone's heard of the, the law of one. I think I have, but go ahead say more. Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting text. It was written in the late seventies and early eighties by a group of three people. And apparently these three people, they were, they had such a, like a connection or a relationship with one another and, and their spirits were of such a vibration that they were able to channel this material. And the, apparently the beings who channeled it through them had been waiting for a configuration of entities like them for thousands of years. They waited for thousands of years for them to appear and they did. And then they channeled it through them. And so this was one of the first channeling, like very popular channeling channeled materials that ever came out, you know, in the, at least in the Western world. And uh, they spent, I forget how many months channeling like, Every few days that, that one of the women would go into a trance, a full trance, she would be under and she would not remember anything that she spoke about. And they just asked every kind of question that they could think of. And, and what they were, were initially, these three people were UFO researchers and they started researching UFOs and they found out that many of the people who claim to be abduct- abductees Actually, sorry, my cat's in the background. I don't know if you're hearing that. <laughs> I can hear it, yeah. <laughs> Many of these people who were abductees claimed that they had a psychic connection with the entities that, that abducted them. And that psychic connection lasted the rest of their lives. They felt like they could communicate with these beings forever after that. And so they thought that was super interesting. And so they set out to initiate contact with these beings. You know, they were that's that was the whole purpose of them trying to channel they they were even coming up with the techniques that many people use now to channel and so they channeled this material and it came from a group of beings called uh, raw a r a the raw beings and they claimed that they were beings that lived on venus many many millions of years ago and that they were going through the same process that we're going through now and that they actually lifted their culture their society their their whole group of beings to the next level, much like exactly how we're doing now. And they described like all the things that would help us to do that in a much more smooth and harmonious way. Apparently it was pretty easy for them. Like they didn't have the level of negativity that we do on the planet. And so their experience with going through the transition was much, much easier than ours. It was a lot more harmonious. And so they were here to help us and and they're still here and they still try to. So uh, I just felt like I should mention that. (laughs) I don't know why it just came up. I wanted to talk about it. No, that's, I guess, beautiful. I mean, we, I know we have lots of support. I mean, everybody's got a whole spirit team. I started walking around when I first uh, realized I had a spirit team and I started talking to people about my mystical path and all this. And I'd say, well, you have a spirit team. And they'd say, no, I don't. And I'd say, okay, if you don't want to talk to them, they can come work for me for now. <laughs> then they started getting interested in having their spirit team because they're like, what do you mean? 
you're going to take my pee. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, if you're not going to use them, I'm going to take them. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Inspiring people to not have their spirit team be stolen from them. So every day, all day long, Carrie Hummingbird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes me sad that, you know, that's not common knowledge, right? Or, or some people don't trust. They're like, um, I I think my higher self doesn't like me or, you know, my higher self is, mean to me or I don't deserve the guidance of my heart. I think they're really disappointed. And so they won't talk to me. And I'm like, no, that that's not the level that they operate from. No, that's ego. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not to shame ego, ego. I mean, we, I mean, that's the thing is we created this opportunity and, you know, everybody has a life journey, right? So I want to say that everybody's got a life journey, but it's also like Tim was saying, if we can make there be less suffering in the process of the awakening, wouldn't that be nice to have less suffering and more grace and more harmony in the transition into soul-led living from ego-led living? And I just think it would be nice if we could make that happen for each other and clean up some of the psychic entanglements and you know keep elevating our refinement of understanding of what what, what that even means, what I just said, right? Like, do you even know what that means? That's why it's so important that, you know, that we talk about these things because like, I didn't even feel comfortable talking about this kind of stuff when I first started on my spiritual journey. And yeah, I was, there's like a deep, like, you know, across maybe lifetimes fear of like something really bad is going to happen to me if I talk about these things. And even now, you know, I've been working on that for so long, but there's still levels of, you know, my spiritual experience that I haven't shared that it feels scary and vulnerable to do that. And it's funny because right now I'm starting to work on my second book and I'm like, I could feel it because it's like pretty vulnerable. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be really like, what if so-and-so reads this? Oh, what if so-and-so? And I'm like, oh, doesn't matter if they don't, you know, even like my dad, my dad's not going to understand this. Like, you know, like that's okay. But as we do that, then we normalize it more, right? Because that's what's been happening since social media and, you know, and YouTube and people having podcasts and all of that. More people are feeling empowered to kind of speak their experience and speak their truth. And it's, it, it, each time we do that, it helps. So like for the next generation, that's what we're doing is we're kind of speaking all of our messy stuff, you know, just like <laughs> your, your journey was messy and so was mine. And we just have to talk about that. And like, yeah, we don't, we don't always know what we're doing and we didn't always do it right, but that's okay. Like we're learning through the experience. And then that kind of sets or paves a way for the next generation to feel okay. You're not here. You know, I'm constantly working with clients. You're not here to be perfect. <laughs> You're here to learn and grow and learning and growing is messy. It means, you know, we should make mistakes because that means we're tr- trying something new and, and, you know, we just keep trying to learn from those mistakes and understand through our trial and error. And so I don't think that we're meant to have all of the answers for the next generation, but we can create uh, an environment in a society where it's safe, hopefully for them to speak out, you know, speak up to us about how the things that they're struggling with, or they can see us and see that we've gone through our own journey, but Hey, look, we turned out kind of okay now. And so, you know, like, yeah, I think that that's, that's all right. We're not, I don't, I know I don't have all the answers. I don't know about you guys, but. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely don't. And that's, that's the thing is like, if we could just look at ourselves and say, Hey, we don't have all the answers. We have a whole generation struggling. Hmm. 
maybe we need to take a look at that and see how we're doing it that might not be so beneficial anymore and be willing to change it, right? Rather than trying to force them to come along and do it this way, that's obviously painful for them and difficult for them is that we could actually, and then we might find out, oh, wait a second. I didn't actually enjoy that either. (laughs) You know, like, oh, I didn't want that model either. Oh, I like this new model better. So in some ways, the younger people, the more, the ones that are coming in that are so sensitive, they can teach us so much more about being human as well. And if we can just listen to what they're saying and do our best to modify our systems and the way we, our expectations and create some new structures and systems and environments to support them in being healthy and, and happy. Yeah. We might be happier too. Yeah, absolutely. I I think we can, and I think we will. I think there's enough of them. We will, right? If there's enough of an epidemic, we usually, that's one thing about humans. You know, I can talk some smack about humanity is easy, you know? But we can also just go, wow, humans usually, typically, they'll fix it somehow. Like they'll just go, okay, what is going on here? How can we make this better? What is the solution? And I like that. Like we will, as a species, generally dig in and find a solution. That's what I appreciate about humanity. We don't always do it right the first time or the second time or the 50th time or the or the thousandth lifetime. <laughs> but we will eventually... We will eventually find a solution and, and we will embrace it. And then that becomes a new norm. We're really good at making things a new norm. So I'm actually happy about that. I know we're going to do it this way too. Yeah. I think that we live in a time where there's a lot more freedom to innovate and try new things and, and more openness to that. Whereas in other lifetimes or other times on the planet, you know, they are probably really resistant to change. And I think it's pretty broadly accepted that we're in kind of a crisis point on the planet and that things need to shift and we won't all agree on what those things are and how we're going to do it. But I think that there is enough of a overall, you know, willingness that, yeah, we need to adapt or die. (laughs) We need to adapt to survive as a species on the planet. So, so yeah, hopefully that, you know, pushes us to come together more and find more integration versus the polarization that we've been really heavily experiencing in the last number of years. Yeah. And lots of forgiveness work too, like really clearing the energies around it, clearing our own self-judgments for what we didn't know that we did. And we, you know, they know not what they do. Let's go back to the master. You know, like we don't, we don't know until we experience it. And then we go, huh, that wasn't the best idea. Well, you try something new, right? And and that's I, that's what I appreciate about humans is that we will we're always striving to be better, and that's awesome. Yeah, well, this feels like this was a really interesting, good conversation. I feel like I hope that anyone who's identifies as really sensitive and a new soul and you know new to the planet feels really heard and seen through what we talked about today. And I hope that all the rest of us feel like we learned something. Like, huh. That's how it must be for them. Yeah, let's get more refined. Let's get more sensitive. Let's get more vulnerable and transparent and and see what see what more beauty we can create together. Sounds good. Thanks for coming on the show, you guys. Is there anything you want to share on the way out? Um, any last things that are coming through from either one of you? Thanks so much for having us. No, I no deep words. Of, you know, I'm for once I'm at a loss of <laughs> something to You're say. You're at a loss of words. That's the end of it. All right. Well, I'll then- like it would transmit it to you. 
please later on. Um, I'm sure I'll get that in my dreams. Okay, you guys, thanks for coming out. And I just want to share with everybody else here. If you liked this broadcast, please share it out. Please like subscribe and, and comment, let, let us some feedback, let us know what you thought. And let's give kisses, everybody. We're going to give everybody's kisses. If you guys want to join us, here comes all kisses. We love you all. Everyone's doing their best. And we'll see you next week on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now, everyone. Bye. Bye. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of the nectar From the source of who you are